Well, uh, good morning, everybody. I uh, want to say uh, welcome and uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for watching online. I know that uh, you have a choice what to do with your mornings and your Sunday mornings, and uh, you chose to spend it with us. And so I'm grateful for that. Uh, today, we are going to have this one week kind of series. Um, I was trying to realign myself back to uh, going, I'm going to go back into Ephesians next week. But uh, this week, I wanted to be able to spend some time. And uh, I kind of want to talk a little bit about headlines. You know, anybody, um, maybe, maybe some of you guys, or the last couple of years of our lives have been kind of dominated by headlines. Anybody, and if you kind of, you can agree, you can disagree, but it has kind of been. Let's look at scripture. We're just going to dive right in. It says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of, the, of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. Now, I, I want to go back here to, at the, at the beginning of this, I don't know why this didn't change, but, uh, um, but it, it really, it comes up and it says, set your minds on all things above, set your minds on all things above. And, and see, here's the thing, most of us, we focus so much energy here on earth. We focus so much of our time, so much of our energy. That's Colossians 3, verses 1 through 3, by the way. In the back, can we, get, can we go to the slides? So let's go to the next one. So set your minds on things above. It's kind of one of the things that uh, it's important here that I, I want us to focus there because a lot of times we're getting so caught up on earthly things. We get so caught up on on what's happening in the news, what's happening in politics, what's happening in this place or in that place, what's happening in your friend's life down the street, what's happening down there, what are they doing across the street? And if you're like my wife, you stick your head out the window and you're like, what's happening down the street? What's going on? You know, like, if you want to know what's happening on my block, ask my wife. She knows. <laughs> like, like, she knows all of it. Hey, a Dodge Caravan drove down the street at 333 yesterday and it's had this license plate number. It's, it's not that bad, by the way, but it's pretty bad. I mean, it's... It's pretty bad. <laughs> we have, by the way, we have two massive dogs and our house is locked up like we're trying to keep gold in it. Like, every lock's triple checked, everything. It's like, well, wait a minute here, what do we do? But, but set your minds above. Obviously, that's not what we're doing in our house. We're going, we're going to set our minds on safety. Like, you know, <laughs> and so, so that's how it is. And not on earthly things. Like, that's where we get so focused on you. I want to share with you a fun new tool that I created for myself, right? It's just a fun little new tool. And I want to show you how I apply it. And I want to show you how you can do the same, right? Because all of us, we, we get kind of caught up in some things. And if I can give you something that you can walk out of here with, that you can maybe have some fun with, maybe be able to kind of move in a new direction, I think that I did my job today. And it has to do with the headlines and what you see on news, right? Everybody, one of us, we see the news, right? It comes up and it says whatever it says. Let's just start with this. In February, March of 2020, anybody remember what the headlines kind of said? Oh, this new disease is in China. It's called COVID-19, right? And then, and then if you guys remember, nationwide news. First COVID case determined in the United States happens where? Vacaville. First COVID case in the United States happens in Vacaville. Why? Because we brought them over from Japan. 
you know, <laughs> we brought them over here and said, hey, we're going to go to Travis. We're going to go send you up to, up to Vacaville. Anyway, so the first one's in Vacaville. And so this is what you hear, right? And so what happens? The, start, the next lines that you start to hear in the media are two weeks, two weeks to end this. By the way, guys, I want to let you know, it's been two years. And we still haven't ended it, right? They're still going, how do we stop this? And now we've added a new one. We've got coronavirus and monkeypox. Like this is like, not only did we not end it, we made it worse. You know, it's like all of a sudden they're going to go in another two years and go, hey, now we've got coronavirus, monkeypox and something else, right? Plague. You know, let's just use plague because plague, plague exists, but it doesn't exist here. But let's just use that one. But I mean, just think about it. that's what's happening. And so your whole life for the last two years has been dominated by what? Coronavirus, right? Every, every article in the news, everything on TV, COVID this, COVID that, COVID. When you started watching your shows in the middle of this first season, when it comes out in July or, or November or whatever, when they come, I don't even know. I don't watch live TV anymore. But when it came out, what did all of them have on? All of them had masks on. And then finally, one of them said, you know what? We're tired of this. We're going to film normally. But just think about it. This disease sweeping across the world. People are dying. Jobs are vanishing. Shut down your business. Stay home. It's going to be a global shortage of toilet paper. You didn't get the global shortage of toilet paper until after it already happened when you were looking for it. You're like, I need every store you went to. And then the next headlines start to come up, right? Because Nobody likes how the president's doing their job, or nobody likes how this president's doing their job, or that one, or this one. Or, and all of a sudden, you have these political divisions that start happening. And so that starts being what's in the headlines over and over and over again. You're hearing about how this one sucks, and this one's going to be better, but that one's going to suck later, and this one's going to be better. Over and over and over again, that's what your life is dominated by. And then, on top of that, let's sprinkle in some racial tension, Right? Let's just sprinkle it in on the top. It's like what Chris Rock used to say, or, or Dave Chappelle would say, when somebody, anytime a police officer would find a black man on the street, they would just come by and sprinkle some. <laughs> you have to know it. I'm not going to say it. See, but that's the thing. So many headlines feel so negative, right? You don't hear the good headlines. They make everything bad. But I want to give you this tool. All right, I just want to give you this tool that give you give you some things here. And so I want you to know these are not true, right? The, the, what I'm getting ready to tell you right now, I just I just give you an example. I wrote down Titanic sinking, nobody dies. Right? Right? Because think about this. In my world, everybody went to go be with Jesus. Nobody died. Right? They lost their earthly lives, but that's what it happened. Now, if you guys know the other story, the Titanic sink and everybody except for a very, very few. And Leonardo DiCaprio got pushed out to sea. I mean, it's just kind of what happens. You know, for some of you older folks, Dewey defeats Truman, right? You know, and you know, the, you know how about this? Babies are going to disappear for the next 100 years, except for imported ones. That's about it. Just think about these things. How about this? Hospitals resort to hiring actual doctors. How about that? How about that? I, I, I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> I thought it was. How about rally against apathy draws a small crowd? <laughs> Woman accidentally joins a search party searching for herself. I'm trying to find myself. I'm trying to find myself. 
<laughs> I mean, see, it's not all true, right? But some of it's funny, right? You know, it took you a little bit to kind of get onto my humor, but, it, but we got there. We got there. I want to teach you how to write your own headlines. I do. I want you to think about this and write your own headlines. See, you can't always change your circumstances. You have to know this. You can't always change your circumstances, but you can always change your perspective. You can't always change your circumstances, but you can always change your perspective. How you look at things, you can always change it. You can see God's people do this throughout the Bible. And I'm going to give you a couple examples. Right? So Moses sends a man to go survey the land. He sends a bunch of guys out, right? He sends 12 of them out to go, service, to go survey the land of Canaan. And then he wants to know the soil. He wants to know the conditions. He wants to know who lives there. He wants to know... How many are people there? Is there a lot of people? Is there few people? How strong are they? Because we're getting ready to go to war, right? So he's trying to get, he's sending some scouts out. He wants to know what the lands are like. And so here's the thing, the same situation, he gets two different responses, right? The same exact situation. He sends out 12, two of them come back and they go, Moses, you have no idea how much God is getting ready to bless us in this area. God is with us. God is going to, you know, it's the land of milk and honey, and it's rich with blessings for all. This is what they come back and say. This is Josh and Caleb, by the way. So they come back and they go, Moses, you have no idea what we're getting ready to go into. This is, going, this is our home. This is our forever home. It's like, it's like the first time you walk in with a white picket fence. The two and a half kids are already there. There's no pregnancies that happen. You just show up and you're like, this is our forever home. Look, I get the kids. They're built in and everything. You know, it's, it's, it, that's what it's like. Then this, another group that is the same 12 that goes out, they come back. Ten of the men come back and they go, oh, the people are giants. Like, they are so big. I don't know what to do. In Numbers 13, 22, here's what it says. It says, they said the land we explored devours those living in it. The land we explored devours those living in it. That's our lives right now, by the way. The land that we live in devours those that live in it. It devours us because we get so caught up in it. We get so caught up. Open up your phone if you have Snapchat on it or if you have TikTok. Open up your phone and see how much time you spend on it. Look at Instagram. Look at Facebook. The land that you dwell in devours. Can you imagine? Just open it up one time. And look at it and go, oh, I spent an hour on Facebook. I spent an hour on Instagram. I spent an hour on TikTok. I spent five hours on TikTok. I spent this on it, right? Because it's addicting. It's designed to be addicting. It's designed to suck you in. It's designed to make it to where you flip through it and you keep seeing the same thing over and over and over again. Just different people doing it because guess what? They hooked you. That's what the thing is. It devours. Can you imagine that five hours? Even if you just look at it and you just look at how much you spend on it for a week. Could you imagine what you could do with the five hours or 10 hours or 20 hours or 24 hours or 30 hours or 40 hours for some of you that you spent on your phone that you could have been doing for God? Could you imagine? You could do some pretty amazing things in 40 hours. I, I, you know, I'm just going to go into a little, little tyrant, a personal tyrant. So I sat on a commission in here and here, on a commission, not a commission. We tr they tried to commission us, and I was like, I don't know, I don't want to be on that. But I but sat on this committee, and we met every other week to, to talk about how we were going to end homelessness in Solano County. Every week we met. There was 15 of us that sat around a table, 
and met for two to three hours every other week. Just want you to take that, just do simple math. That's 90 hours a month in meeting, right? We did this for 18 months, 18 months. And at the end of this, we came up with this fancy report and they asked, they asked this question around the group. They go, hey, uh, do you think we should put in all the meetings that we did so that people knew that we were actually doing something? To stop. And I said, so I want you to know something. We did absolutely nothing. We spent 90 hours a month in this room doing nothing except for running our mouths instead of actually helping people. By the way, this is the reason why they hate me on these committees now. <laughs> because I told them that if we would have just took the same almost 1,600 hours that we spent in these meetings and actually went out and helped one of these people, we probably could have helped most of the people that are on the streets, except for we won't give them an hour, we want to spend 1,800 or 1,600 hours in meetings talking about how we're going to help them and then never actually implement any of the ideas that we talked about. Here it is, five years later, not a single one of the things that we talked about in that meeting are implemented today. By the way, every city the recommendations we made, not a thing has happened. Not only did we waste all of that time, we've wasted the five years in the beginning of doing it. See, I want you to think about something. Talking about doing something and actually doing something is what devours us. Because it devours us. You can sit and have meetings and you can talk about things, but if you're not actually putting the rubber to the road, then you're not doing anything. It's devouring you. Your phone devours you. Your, 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 all of these things, they just devour you. They take you away from what God has really, really said. This land is rich. God has blessed us. This is the land of milk and honey. And there is so much that is rich in blessings for all of us, but we are so caught up in looking at it in the wrong way. We see all the negatives. We see all of the things about it. And that's the reason why we have to change this. The Apostle Paul, his goal is to go preach in Rome. That's what he is. He's, he's, he's got this, his goal. He wants to go preach in Rome. And he gets arrested on his way there. And they beat him. And they took him forcibly into Rome, right? He doesn't get to walk in on his own. They forcibly take him into Rome. And they lock him up, and he's chained to a guard. And, can you, and they consider beheading him, right? He's being considered for this. That's what he's sitting there. Can you imagine the potential headlines back then? It says, <laughs> the Apostle Paul awaits likely execution. Christianity is doomed. Right? That's a likely thing. The Apostle Paul wrongly imprisoned sues Roman government for tens of millions. <laughs> Opinion, seven reasons why Christianity will die by the end of the first century. Or how about the podcast? The podcast, The Rise and Fall of the Apostle Paul. Right? Isn't that what it is? See, the good news is, is that our lives are not determined by someone else's headlines. If we don't set, we don't set our minds on earthly things, we set our minds on things above. So the problem is too many of us are focused on earthly things. And so what we need to do is we need to do some cognitive reframing. And so that cognitive reframing is actually a psychological term and it means shifting your mindset to look at the situation or relationship from a positive perspective. From a positive perspective, right? So I'll give you a perfect example of this. I'm a heavy guy. I've been a heavy guy for a long time. I never looked at myself as being fat. I used to make fun of myself as being fat. I just considered myself well-fed, right? I was like, hey, I'm well-fed. I've been fattened up for whatever, you know, like I'm, hey, for Thanksgiving, right? It's, hey, 
I just got the pardon until next year. That's all that just happens. They're like, here, here you go. See, your therapist, you know, if you meet with your therapist, you have to decide the meeting and you, you have to go, this is what it means. These are what it means to me. This is what's happening. This is what I see. This is how it affects me. This is what's going on. And let God help you decide. That's the problem. We don't allow God to help us decide what we're hearing. We continue to move with what the national media is telling us. Do you know that all of these national media, like if you look at them, NBC, CBS, Fox News, Fox, uh, go through all of them. They will all tell you that they will align with one political way or another. You know, and they will tell you that we, we lean this way or we lean that way. If you want true independent news, you better go do the research yourself. It's the only way you're going to get independent news. Other than that, you're going to get either a conservative swing or a liberal swing. That's just how it is with all these major news companies. And so if you're listening to them, I don't care what channel you watch. If you're watching the 10 o'clock news at home on, on NBC, and it's just because it's out of Sacramento, does not mean that it's not affiliated one way or the other. It is. It is. It's, it's going to tell you one way or another. You have, to be able to see, you have to be able to go, okay, God, this is where you placed me at, and this is where I'm going to go interpret the news that I need to hear. So this is what Paul does. Paul's been dragged in. Christianity's doomed. He doesn't buy into the negative news. He doesn't, right? A horrible situation awaiting potential execution. And here's his perspective. So here's what he is. And, and so in Philippians 1, he's, verses 12 through 14, it says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. I mean, just think about this. He's been beaten. He's been whipped. He's been pulled into a prison cell. He's been, he's been literally ripped away from everything that's going on. And, and he says, this is actually going to serve the gospel. If you've had that happen to you at all, you do not think that it's serving to progress anything. You go, I'm being punished. No. Paul looks at it and goes, oh no, they have no idea what they're in, for. they're in store for. And as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and everyone else that i am in chains for christ i mean just think about this everything that was bad became a good thing and because of my chains most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear paul writes his own headline i just think about this Paul writes his own headline, Roman plan backfires. The apostle Paul preaches to a captive audience because uh, that's literally what happens. See, Romans thought that Paul was their prisoner. He thought that they were his. That's simply what it came down. Oh, you can't go anywhere. You're chained to me. Well, guess what? Here's some Jesus for you. <laughs> and that's what he did. And he fed them Jesus and he continued and he continued to go what, and he would say, just because I'm here does not mean that Jesus isn't at work. Just because I'm here doing this doesn't mean that Jesus isn't doing something outside of these gates. Just because I'm in here talking to you and doesn't mean that you're not going to go and talk to your family about it and they're going to go talk to their families and they're going to go talk to the next person and the next person. And that is exactly how the gospel spread from Paul being in a jail cell to being all that to where Constantine makes it to where it is the religion of the Romans. It happens because of a Roman guard being strapped and being chained to Paul to become the official religion of some place. Could you imagine? 
Do you, the way that you talk, the way, how much do you have to glorify God in the midst of your terrible circumstance in order for people to go, oh, I have to follow this same Jesus. If this guy is, he's so on top of it. He's so preaching Jesus. He's so committed to this that it doesn't even matter that we're getting ready to lop his head off in a day. See, that's not what we do. The first signs of troubles, the first sign that the water is starting to get a little rocky. God, where are you? Yeah, what happened? Why am I going through this? Not Paul. Paul's locked in a jail cell. He's going, woo! Ha, got you, brother. Let's talk. I've been waiting for this moment. I had to get them to arrest me to bring me to you. I mean, that's literally how it went. They dragged me into Rome. I had to figure out a way to get here some way. I couldn't get through the walls. I better let them bring me in this way. That's how it went. See, you can write your own headlines just like Paul did. See, you can't control your circumstances, but you can control your perspective. You, you know, you, you just have to look at this. Uh, just imagine a very depressed person going in, and he goes into a doctor, and he walks into the doctor, and he goes, hey, I'm dealing with all these things. I'm getting ready to go through a divorce. I'm getting ready. I, I've lost my job. I, it just everything is terrible. I'm, and I'm questioning my faith in God. Right? And, and see, you can have this complete sitting, you can go, you, the, the, the doctor can tell you, hey, we're going to do some cognitive rethinking. Instead of you going, I'm getting ready to go through a divorce, you should go, hey, I'm married and we're both going to work it out. We're going to figure it out. We're going to do it. Instead of going, I lost my job and this is happening, this is happening, you go, you know what? I may have lost that job, but I am still employed for God. God has asked me to go out and do this work. God has asked me to go do this. God has asked me to be this person or to take care of my home. I may have lost my job, but I am still employed to go do something. And you know, how about this? I lost my faith in God. See, the thing is, you still believe in God. You may have lost some faith, but you still believe. There's so many people out there that are walking the streets going, I've lost my faith. It doesn't matter if you lose your faith because that faith can come back. That's just you stepping back out onto the water. That's a matter of getting faith. It's the belief is where the problem comes in. Because when people go, I lost, I don't believe in God anymore. That's a whole different thing. Stepping out on the water is different than losing your, than not believing in God. So there's so many of us where we, I'm, I'm this or not. And we have this time where we go, I don't want to step out onto the water. That's losing faith in what God has called us to do. There's lots of times where you've been called to do something. God has asked you to serve someplace. God has asked you to do something and you've lost your faith because you haven't stepped out and done what he's asked you to do. You've, you've, you've cowered and you're like, ooh. But that doesn't mean you, you stop believing in God. That just means that you were like, oh, I'm questioning whether God's sending me in that direction or that's me doing it. That's what ends up happening. See, I, 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 and I dealt with that all through the beginning of the edge. When we first started, we did all of these things. I said, okay, plan for this many people, plan for this, plan for that. And when it showed up, I was like, God, am I doing the right thing? Because what I had planned for didn't walk down the door. What I planned for was, I was like, hey, we're going to have 200. And when it, what showed up was 12. And four of them were my family and had to be there. <laughs> it was just simple as that. And so it, it was like, okay, God, I, obviously I stepped out in the wrong direction. But the next week, there was more people. And the next week, there was more people. And the next week, there was more people. And then we had a flood, and it washed away all of those that were just kind of hanging on by, by, you know, by, you know, by Laffy Taffy or whatever. <sighs> See, the, the real challenges, the real, op or the real challenges can become real opportunities. That's really what it comes down to. And see, you can take the devil's headlines and turn them into God's headlines. 
You just have to be the one that's focusing on that. And it, it really, you have to look at this and go, since you were raised with Christ, set your mind on things above. Where do you have your mind set? Is your mind set on things above? Or is your mind set on these earthly things going, I'm going to focus my direction here. I'm going to focus my attention on this. I'm going to spend all of my waking hours on this. And, and see, that's the problem. You, and you're not allowing God to help you write your own headlines in these situations. You're not allowing God to go, hey, we're, here's what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do in this direction. You're allowing hate and, and anguish and, and really just, you know, that's really allowing hate and anguish to direct your steps and to drive your, your mindset. That's what it is. You're allowing that. Instead of love and instead of going, I want to see the best in situations. You know, I, have I ever got, I, I know I've shared this story, so I'll just do it again. I use, <laughs> I've used the analogy of a hummingbird and I've used the analogy of a vulture right? So think about this. Every day, a hummingbird gets up in the morning and goes out looking for sweet nectar, right? That's what they do. They go out looking for sweet nectar. I got to go get my meal. I'm going out. And every day, a vulture gets up going to look for death, right? What are you getting up in the morning looking for? Are you looking for the good things, the sweetness in life, or are you going and looking for death? Because I want you to know something. The hummingbird finds life, finds goodness, finds sweetness, every day the vulture finds the same thing what is your perspective what have you been chasing after have you been chasing after the sweetness the good things have you been chasing after the best in people have you been chasing after seeing how you can move forward and how you can do something for god or are you chasing after death going that sucks this sucks everything sucks and you suck as well because that's what a lot of people do they they approach this world with a with just this mindset of negativity you know, when you were born, you weren't born with the spirit of negativity, right? You know that. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever seen babies outside of their parents and how they get along with everybody? A two-year-old will, will say two things. No, because they're selfish often. But when they start to play together, they will play just fine. But the reason why, you know why they say no? Anybody have any idea why they say no all the time? Because their parents tell them no all the time tell your children no all the time they would never learn that word they just wouldn't they would never it wouldn't be the first words that they would share with everybody you, you could say stop you could say do something other than that you could say anything but if you say no uh, no and then we reinforce the no with what a slap to the head times and so what do we see children do we see children say no. mind and we go where did they learn that from you taught them who do you think they learned it from you know, that's exactly how they got it. Well, I can't believe their first word was no. Well, you told it to them more than their name. You know, you told it to them more than mommy or daddy or anything else. You said no every time. You get up in the morning, no. You want milk, no. You want this, no. You want that, no. Instead of going, yes, and then not doing it. You know, I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> They'd be so confused. Yes. <laughs> be, oh, what, what happened here? <laughs> uh, see, I want you to know something. <laughs> there are always flowers for those who look. If you're looking for flowers, they are always there. 
You, you see, here's the thing. You have to be looking at you and go, I can see the best in people. I'm good for you. I can see that. I can see the good in you. I can see those things. I can see the perfect wife or the perfect husband. I can see, I've been looking for flowers so I can see this. I can see the perfect vacations. I can see these things. Even if they're not perfect, just think about it. You still have an amazing time with your family. You still can have these things. Even, even with tension, you can still make it to where your vacation is a perfect vacation. You do not have to go to a tropical island in order to have that perfect vacation. You don't have to do it. Instead of looking going, I'm going to find the real challenges in this, you can start going, I'm going to find the goodness in it. You know, there's, I'm going to share a story about a fictional person, but it's a dad who's facing real challenges. Right? The, the doctor, he went to the doctor, the doctor stage four cancer, and you're going to die in the next four weeks. And some of you have heard that story. Some of the times that's been shared with somebody you know, or somebody that you've, you know, somebody you know that they know, or you know, along those lines, you've, you've shared that you've heard that where somebody's had this diagnosis and they're like, it's over. But this guy wouldn't take it as strike three. He knew that he was at the plate with two strikes against him. He's like, I'm not doing this and I'm not going out that way. And he said, I'm going to slide home head first. He said, I'm going to make it that way. And so in his analogy, in the bottom of the ninth, and he wanted to wrap things up. And so he wanted to do everything he could to experience life with him the most good and experienced time with a spouse thinking that he was going to die in the next four weeks the headline was man was going to die in four weeks and he changed it to man goes into cancer remission because he didn't stand in and just continue to allow it to happen now, i'm not saying that happens to everybody because we all know somebody who's been diagnosed with cancer and then all of a sudden they still passed away but how you look at a situation and it's been clinically proven how you treat a situation is how your body will respond in a situation so if you go it's over then it's over. That's it. If there's nothing coming after that. You know, just think about this. Those, you know, we all know somebody who's on a diet, right? right? We all know somebody on a diet. You're probably on a diet. I'm on a diet. We all know somebody who's on a diet. Those that actually truly lose weight are the ones that make a mental shift going, I'm going to lose weight and I'm not going to rely on this. If you don't make a mental shift, it'll never happen. It's just like this, because the mental shift will go, I will eat the donut. The mental shift will go, I have more self-control than that. The person who's going, I'm going to rely on ally, I'm going to rely on this, I'm going to rely on that pill, will just be like, I'm going to eat donuts, and I'm going to eat cupcakes, and I'm going to continue to watch me get bigger and bigger and bigger. And see, here's the thing, is that we don't even realize it. Do you guys know that the average person who's gaining weight toward the point where they've been considered obese, or really the real one that they're really worried about is what they call obese three, right? The, the one that you're, you know, you're, you're 40 BMI and greater. And so obese three, do you know that the average person only gains a half pound a month in order to get there? A half pound a month in order to get to that level. You don't notice a half pound up or a half pound down, but if it's a half pound up, that's six pounds a year, and every year you put six pounds on, and all of a sudden you get on the scale and it goes, oh, that's heavy. You know? <laughs> that's what the Wii used to do, by the way. You would get on the Wii, and the Wii would start whispering, and it would go, that's obese. That's what it would tell you as you got on the Wii. It was like, hey, oh, because I got on it and said that to me. And I was like, hey, wait a minute here. I don't need judgment from a video game. I, you know. See, the headline was is that dad was likely dying soon. And then really what he wrote it was man was transformed by diagnosis. Man was transformed. He said, I'm going to change things. And he really said, I'm going to prepare for the heavenly road. But, but in that pre preparation, he changed what he was doing. And he made his life. And what he said was, he goes, you know what? It might be the bottom of the ninth, but I'm trying to get to extra innings. 
And see, for a lot of us, we've been living a lifestyle where we're trying to play through the nine innings that were dealt to us if you're a baseball fan. And really, almost all of us want extra innings. Almost all of us do. And so you need to be playing for extra innings. And so that means you've got to look at things differently, right? Because of a baseball team, I'm a realist when I watch my team play. If you guys didn't know, I'm a San Francisco Giants fan. I watch them play. When they suck, they suck. When they're good, they're good. But if it's the eighth inning and they're down by eight runs, I usually go, it's time to go. I'll be sitting there, I'll be looking at Melissa, I'll be like, all right, let's pack it up, let's get out of here. And there's been plenty of times, though, where the team hasn't given up, and all of a sudden, in the bottom of the eighth, they score four, and in the bottom of the ninth, they score four, and now all of a sudden, they're in extra innings. They didn't give up hope, I gave up hope on them. See, that's what often happens in our lives. We give up hope on ourselves because we think that we're already down and out, and when it's the bottom of the ninth, and there's nothing we can do, and there's no change. No, no, no. There's always extra innings, especially in baseball. You can continue to go move, but in your lives, you always have extra innings, and then also you have to think about something. You have eternity that's going to be inning after inning and after inning, and where are you going to spend that eternity at? Where are you going to spend it at? Are you going to spend it batting it at home plate in hell, or are you going to spend it batting home plate in heaven? Which one are you going to be? I want to give you a couple other ones. Just a couple things. You can open up your news app and see all the terrible ones. You can turn on any news station. You can see scary, negative stories. And you can take them seriously, and you should take them seriously, because some of them are pretty serious, but you should write your own headlines. So here's what you can look at. is go, a teen asks for help to escape addiction, right? You know, because that, that's, that's actually a kind of good headline, right? But you could actually change that and go on, the healing process has begun, right? Because that's really what's gone on. And it says a hurting woman cries out for God. And it says a woman finally finds forgiveness and freedom. You know, a church member says yes to serving. A church member plans to change others' lives and ends up changing their own. You know, it's just kind of things. A small group member is diagnosed with cancer. And you can change that and you go, close friends trust God looking for a miracle. See, these, you can change things. You can look at things and go, I, I don't have to be fed what everybody else is feeding me. I don't have to be fed the headlines from somebody else. I can look at it and go, there's a positive spin to it. There's something else going on here. There's something that's changing. See, what challenge are you facing right now? And I'll remind you again, you can't change the circumstance, but you can change your perspective in it. You can. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 and 9, and then we're going to jump to 16 and 18. It says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Anybody know that song? <laughs> Therefore, we do not lose heart, for our light and our momentary troubles are achieving for us in this eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. See, where is your mindset at? Where are your eyes at? Where are you fixed upon? What are you chasing after? Are you chasing after Pinterest, like what's happening at this front table? Are you chasing after what God has for you? Are you chasing after, oh, this is what somebody else decorated their house with? Are they chasing after this? What is it that you're after? Are you setting your mind at things above? Or are you setting and fixing your eyes on the unseen and what God is trying to do? Because often, too often, we are set, we've got our minds set on here. The issues of here, the troubles of here, the, str the struggles, and we get perplexed. 
about what is happening here, going, God, how can you be moving here? How can you be doing this? What are you doing now? And we need to fix our eyes on what is unseen. See, always look for the flowers. Always look for the good. Always look for the good in people, the good in circumstances. Always look for the good. Stop focusing on the negative. That's where your mind is at and change it. Change where you're gone. Change your perspective. Get up today, get up every day from this point forward and go, I'm going to see something good today. I'm going to see God's miracle. I'm going to see God's direction for my life. I'm going to see God do something amazing rather than going, getting up and going, another day. This is terrible. That's where most of you live. Yeah, most of you just live there. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for this direction. Thank you for the ability to see things from a godly perspective rather than from an earthly perspective. Father, help us to redirect our attention. Help us redirect our gaze. Help us redirect our focus to you and away from the negativity, the anger, the hurt, the anguish that people continue to face here. Help us see the best in our circumstances rather than always looking at the negative on it. Help us see how we can move in this new direction with you rather than continuing this pursuit of earthly possessions, earthly feelings, earthly things, and this continual pursuit of the devil, of the, the, the evil one, the, the, the Satan, whatever you want to call him. Help us end that pursuit immediately. Help us refocus our gaze to where it's fixed upon you, to where our mind continues to, to use the God filter to where we look at situations and we go, God, how would, you, how would you have me move? How would you have me go in this direction? Help us to listen twice as much as we speak so that way we can hear twice as much information to be able to make the, the decision that we need to that directs our steps to you. Father, help us refocus. So many of us have lost our, our train of thought, our focus, and we've changed our gaze to something that is, that's not, that's not eternal. It's a car, or it's a house, or it's, it's this or that. And you've never told us to pursue those things. You said pursue those things that sets us apart, that makes us holy, that allows others to be holy, that allows others to come to know who you are. Help us be there. Help us have our focus on that. Help us have our focus on you. Ask for wisdom. Your word says that if anyone is asking for wisdom, that we should ask, and you will pour it upon us abundantly. And so we ask for wisdom so we can know and we can discern which situation, which direction to go. We ask for a new infilling of the Holy Spirit. Just allow it to pour out of you and into us, to allow it to wear off of us. That as people come into contact with it, they're like, ooh, there's the Holy Spirit. Allow people that come into contact with you and to be the lights in our neighborhood, the lights at jobs, lights at 